Hello, fabulous friends, fans, and superstars. Welcome to Synchronicity Web TV. I am your host, Nadia Shaw, and this is your moment of synchronicity. Well, I'm so excited to celebrate with you today, my dear friend, Franco Soulbody. Now, Franco is someone that I've known for a long time, since 2006. And that was actually when I went to my very first astrology conference. Since then, I've become a regular, but that was the SOTA conference where I met and hung out with and spoke with Franco. And since then, I've just seen him continue to grow with his astrology and how he shares it and just his brilliance as well. So I consider him one of my very dear friends. And now my very dear friend is coming back to Synchronicity University as part of the May 2023 speaker series for a very limited time. You can choose your tuition rate as low as just $5 a class and unheard of rate to learn from this caliber of astrologer as you are about to see my dear friend, Franco. Welcome, Franco. Thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for inviting me, Nadia. I'm so happy that you're back. I think this is the second or third time I'm interviewing you. It's the third time. And actually, when I started Synchronicity Web TV way back in the day, I think it must have been 2010 or 2009, 2010, you were literally one of the very first people I interviewed in my apartment in downtown Toronto. You came and we sat down. And back then, YouTube didn't let you post videos that were longer than 15 minutes. So I literally posted like four parts of your interview going all the way back then. And now here we are. Both of us have come so far. And it's just so so lovely to continue contact with you as part of my Astro family, as my dear friend. It's so lovely. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've been following you and watching your growth with the university and everything and uh, totally proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. you know, watching your yeah. friends grow like that, it's awesome. Yeah. And you were there at the beginning. That's the thing. My fellow Canadian, you were there helping me out when nobody knew me. I had a few uh, subscribers and you were right there in my apartment letting me interview you. I love you for that forever. And so today we're just going to hang out and talk. Yes, you are, as I mentioned, coming to Synchronicity University. And actually, it is going to be at Synchronicity University this May that Franco is going to be delivering a talk, like updated in a more modern sense. But this is actually a talk I saw him give so many years ago at the SOTA conference, uh, the conference put on by the late, great Donna Van Toen. We love her and miss her so much. But yes, it's incredible that you'll and have continued to build on that. Looking at Charles Manson, wow, that, I gotta say, it's a little creepy. So what is your intention with the class? Well, uh, see, I, I've always been a music fan and, um, I never realized Charles Manson performed music, and a lot of people are probably thinking Marilyn Manson. No, I mean the the uh, the you know imprisoned uh, killer cult leader, if you want to call him Charles Manson. Um, Manson uh, was aspiring to be greater than the Beatles, and so. But as a music fan, I heard his music, and before I got into astrology, way before I got into astrology. And, you know, I ended up buying his records and he, he's got five albums out, uh, four of them um, with him. So the first one is a recording by him. 
The other one is done by the Manson family, which is actually even creepier. Uh, but it's his music and his lyrics. And then he's got three albums live at St. Quentin Prison. Um, so we talk a bit about that, but what really fascinated me once I started studying astrology and, you know, his songs would come through a shuffle and go, ooh, okay, that's creepy. I went, oh, what made him write that? And so being an astrologer, the first thing you do is you look at someone's chart. And, you know, in analyzing his chart and, and looking at the lyrics, and then you delve into the person's personal history you really come to an understanding of kind of like what is what was going through his mind. And so that's one thing I find fascinating. Um, you know, and you start looking at other singers, too. Um, like uh, I've got an article on my website about uh, Jim Morrison. And um, as you all know, Jim Morrison was a kind of like a philosopher. He saw himself as a philosopher. He's a Sagittarius. And so he got into music. And so, you know, like uh, if you look at the song, The End, uh, The End is a song that pulls in from uh, Oedipus Rex, uh, the story of Oedipus Rex in there. And so where does that come into uh, Morrison's chart? Right. So I'm started looking at artists, trying to get an understanding. It's also kind of like looking at an actor, certain actors play certain roles. Why? And you look at their chart and you start seeing the similarities between, you know, obviously we don't know their full life story, but we know the character story. So that's kind of like an interesting take of where I'm going with this uh, uh, lecture. And so you mentioned music. I know that Neptune is a big player when we look at music and especially musical styles that are appealing to the masses and so much more. I know that you know a lot, you've studied a lot, you're writing a book right now about Neptune. So let's kind of segue and talk about that. Uh, what are, off the top of your head, what are some things you'd want people to know about Neptune? Well, so, you know, obviously Neptune is uh, the planet of escapism. And how do you escape? Poetry, right? Neptune rules poetry. Uh, Neptune rules film. So how do you escape? You watch a movie, or or these days it's Netflix, and it's like, oh, Friday evening, and it's Sunday at 9 o'clock, and you're still watching the same show. You know, people binge watch, and you get that addictive quality of uh, Neptune. People will escape using drugs. People will escape using alcohol, which are also Neptunian themes. But music is also in there. And how many times have you kind of come in on a rough day and you either put on your favorite, back in the day, LP, <laughs> you put your headphones on, right? Because when you're younger, you're living at your folks' place. So you got your headphones on so you don't disturb the fan and you go away. You put on your favorite album and you just disappear and melt. And it's and that's what Neptune is. It's about taking you into a different place, into a different world. And um, yeah, I, I am a confessed music addict. Um, I, I also like purchasing music um, because I believe in supporting artists. And so I've got uh, close to 30,000 songs in my collection, um, most of which are purchased. 
small fraction there. I was a bad boy or something. But um, um, I, again, I, I will listen to music and it just propels me. Or uh, if you're working on something monotonous or repetitive, right? Techno. I love techno for that, right? Because and it just it takes you so that, you know, like if you're working on something like data entry for um, uh, astrological research, there's <laughs> nothing more boring than <laughs> this date, this time, this thing, where is this person? Okay, next person. I put, you know, when you're doing astrological research and you you need, you know, 300 charts inputted, you put on the techno music and you're like, oops, 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 oops. and then, you know, two hours have passed by and there you go, you're done, right? It's, it's about transporting and putting you into a place that feels good. Now, depending on where your Neptune is and how it's aspected, it can touch on stuff. So, like, you throw a bit of Pluto in there with the Neptune, and uh, you end up with goth, right? And for those of us who are into goth or that dark wave kind of stuff, which I love. But I also, you know, like, if you have a bit more of a Venus in there, you're more into pop music or whatever, right? You know, so you get into the different styles. And uh, again, I like music from all over st uh, all over the place, like world music. So um, I'm just trying to think where my Jupiter is uh, relative to my uh, Neptune. It's not really making a connection, but I'm, I've got... Inuit throat chant music to, uh, um, you know, African um, juju uh, to uh, salsa to, you know, uh, death metal, satanic metal, and, you know, disco even. Throw that yeah. in there. Music is such a personal thing. I love that you mention all of that because music is such a personal thing, isn't it? And so I love that you talked about how look at your Neptune, look at how it might be aspected that can tell you. And I think you also want to look at the sign, of course, right? Because as you were talking and saying, look at your Neptune, da, 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 I was thinking about how I have Neptune in Sagittarius, like a lot of people, it's trying Jupiter in Aries. Um, and I have always loved like basically hip hop music. And so when I was young, it was like, you know, the hip hop, like Biggie Smalls, I really loved. People who've watched me for a long time remember my ex's dog was named Biggie after Biggie Smalls because I loved Biggie so much. As an adult for the last 10 years, I've really loved a type of uh, Latin hip hop music called reggaeton. That's been my, my go-to, my absolute favorite. And it makes a lot of sense based on what you said. Like, yeah, it's fire. It has that beat to it. It has passion to it and the music can be very sexy too right that's part of fire energy and uh and it's like the the bigness i want to say right i don't think that's an actual word but there's something very grand and powerful and heartbeat oriented uh when you get music like that and wow it makes a lot of sense okay so franco neptune in pisces we're nearing the end now what do you think what are some of your thoughts about what we've gone through with Neptune and Pisces and where we are now. Well, see, the one thing that's happening, um, and especially it's more so with pop music, uh, the overall, I find that with Neptune, everything is blending in together. Um, it used to be bands kind of like had distinct styles and you had different sections. 
But now everything is kind of, I'm finding with the blending of it, is beginning to mishmash. Um, one one thing that we're starting to see in all types of music, influences from different cultures and different societies. Like one of, one of my favorite bands is a band called Delhi to Dublin. And they are from Vancouver. They're, they're uh, about a uh, few six and uh, an Irish fiddleist. And so they bring Irish Celtic music with Bhangra. And they're called Delhi to Dublin. And 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 it's like that that perfectly describes this era uh they do a lot of kind of like more uh, traditional indian style singing but um you can hear in some of the stuff more recently they're kind of more hip hoppy type of influences coming in uh bands like um uh, another band little nas x sorry may i just mention an artist i really love his name is little nas x and he, like, I think one of his early, I don't think it was his debut, maybe it was, but one of his early albums, it was um, country and hip hop mixed together. And so he made all these country music songs and people didn't really know what to do with it. But then there was, because there were hip hop elements as well, it was brilliant. I loved uh, that album and some of the songs on it. So yeah, it, yes, there's that international sense to it. I mean, Pisces is also ruled by Jupiter, but yeah, you're so right. It's like there's all this blending and blurring and a lot of people have been like, we don't know what genre this music is supposed to go to. to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Another one is, um, oh, I forget. They changed their name. They used to be... Um, they used to be called uh, a tribe called Red. Now they're uh, I Illumination or something like that. I've, I forget. I went to see them in concert. But they're native Canadian band. So they bring a lot of... Hallucination. You're right. That's what they're called. Hallucination. Yeah. Yeah. Hallucination. Thank you. Yeah. So they bring in uh, like the hip hop um, and the native, um, you know, uh, tribal singing and drumming and they get the the hoop dancers that come out uh, and doing all this at their shows so it's a real good blend and that's another perfect example of what this this era is doing and it's removing you know Pisces erodes water erodes and it's eroding these barriers bringing us into unison however we're moving into Aries <laughs> and Aries tends to be a bit more direct and a bit more now Again, I'm I'm working on this and researching this, so I'm looking what happened in the past, the trends of music in the past, uh, you know, 187 years ago or so, right? What was going on with the last time Neptune was in Aries? There's a different style of music. Um, what's at our advantage nowadays is that, uh, you know, we can study things more, it's more recorded. Back then, we've probably lost half the recorded music. Maybe there's some stuff on paper and scores, but you have to try and reproduce that. But uh, in Aries, it's going to be interesting to see that um, it's going to be probably more about being uh, individualistic. Um, music might develop a more aggressive tone to it. Um, so we'll see. I'll just give you some samples here. I have no idea what these songs are, but yeah, there's a, songs released in 1870. That was when we had um, had a Neptune and Aries. 
And I mean, actually, off the top of my head, I'm thinking about how that was sort of like the height and the fury of um, the New Age movement, Madame Blavatsky and all of that. And so it makes sense that with so much passion, there would be music that was very passionate. We have Johnny Patterson, Richard Wagner. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that that's part of it. Like you said, very individualistic, like or maybe created by individuals. Less so about groups, much more about the individual. And and war, because Va- Wagner, you know. Yeah, I didn't want to say it, but you're right. Yeah, Wagner was, uh, yeah, we know. It's sad. Is it sad? Well, it is what it is, right? Fits the symbol. Wartime songs or songs to unify people to war, inspire people to war. Yeah, yeah. Because there were a lot of wars going on. <laughs> there always is, right? And, mm. uh, you know, sometimes um, it was kind of like showing off patriotism, which we're going to probably see that as we go into. Yeah, uh, because <laughs> the world is uniting but dividing and kind of we're heading into a very interesting period now um, uh, with what's happening in Ukraine. And... Um, you know, that will probably, and then there's other hostilities happening around the world as well. So that will probably drive people to start singing about stuff. And so that might be, this is where the influence is for the next generation to come. Wow. And also, I'm thinking that Aries is like what we will fight for, like what we will fight for, right? And that can be all kinds of things. Like hopefully it takes on a more you know, a, a kinder or spiritual sense, but yeah, look, it's what, you know, what's worth sur- like pushing forward for surviving for. Um, and, and yes, sometimes with war songs, it isn't look, whether you think it's good or bad might depend on what side you're on. Right. So, exactly. yeah, because so much of it is about, um, uh, about how we see these things about who's right or who's wrong. And that can be based on perception. And so, yes, it'll be interesting to see how music comes into play with us wanting to express the things that we want to move forward for or assert, right? Like really affirm in the world strongly. And it is a fire sign. So chances are there'll be like that strong beat to it as well. Yeah, Yeah. definitely we'll have a beat to it. So then how would you look at if we were to start going ahead, right? Just a few key words. What would music with Neptune and Taurus be like? So for that one, it would be um, definitely something, um, you know, more luxurious, more, um, more. um, Lush. Yeah. Yeah. That that kind. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a bit more uh, refined. Right. It's that uh, Venusian touch to it. Yes, and romance after after the aggression, right? It would be more romance. I think around that time there was also vaudeville was coming out. Yeah, exactly. You are so right. Okay, so let's keep going. Neptune and Gemini. What kind of music did we have at that time? So Neptune and Gemini was from eighteen eighties to nineteen o two. So some of the interesting stuff that was happening there was was your vaudeville kind of like jokey kind of stuff music. You also had music starting to be recorded onto cylinders, so that way you could communicate it to someone else. So that's actually some of the interesting stuff that was happening in that period. 
So it was a lot of manufacturing of records. Wow. Manufacturing of records or cylinders at first, and then we got into the Victrolas. Right. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, music starts becoming uh, recorded more, available more to more people to be able to play uh, as that technology spread. And so we get to Neptune and Cancer. What do you think? So, so back then, what was happening? So that's from 1902 to about. Uh, let's see here. Um, I got it written down here. Um, yeah, to about uh, 1916 or so. <laughs> and so, what music started coming out in that is um, a lot of uh, the early blues musicians started coming out, like really early blues. And so they were worker songs. So it was like they'd get, you know, people gather around the family and they'd sing songs and stuff like that. Ragtime started coming up as well. Um, so it's this kind of really, you know, um, music. It was really the big influence from uh, the deep south close to Louisiana. So you got the old, the Gulf of Mexico in around there, you know, pushing up the vibes of the swamp music, really swampy blues is where it started from. So that that watery sense was coming out then. And emotional sense. Yes, you're so right. And Neptune and Leo. It's the Roaring Twenties. So Leo, you started getting, you know, so you would have orchestras. Yes, there were orchestras, but as far as popular music went, you know, like we were still listening to the classical music of, of the day, the Mozarts and the Beethovens and all that uh, people were playing. But what ended up happening in Leo's uh, jazz started coming out. So swing, this is the flapper area area era where you know you had uh, the fancy ballrooms and everyone's getting into this really lively leoness type of music wow yes the trumpets the trumpet isn't that so leo right yeah. like that trumpet holds. yeah right perfect <laughs> neptune and virgo so this is where jazz really started uh, so ragtime and um, that kind of music uh, started coming up. So this is where you start getting into your swing and your uh, more complex jazz like uh, John Coltrane, right? So this... Right? Like it's not... Right? Like you're kind of into... Right. And it became more complicated. And Virgo is about putting in tiny little pieces, trying to find all this, all the how they fit in together. And that's like if that doesn't say jazz, I don't know what does. Yeah. And so then we move into Libra. Libra is when that jazz kind of made it out from the African-American style and uh, air areas and then became more popular and that's where it got watered down into the schmaltzy uh you know benny goodman and uh, uh you know uh um, oh, yes glenn miller type stuff and so music was really kind of like uh you know you ended up with artists like perry como and stuff like that starting off and that took us up to 1957 before Neptune entered Scorpio, there was some stuff happening and rock and roll. Yes. Yeah. Neptune hit uh, Scorpio. 
That's it. Neptune and Scorpio, and we go, oh, yeah, we're going to have swiveling pelvises, right? Yeah. Well, you know, and and that was a key period of time, too, uh, because uh, Scorpio deals with taboos. Now, in in looking at American culture, um, you know, it was a divided country. Um, I remember reading uh, or listening to an interview by Oscar Peterson and how he had to go play somewhere down in Texas. Oscar Peterson's from Montreal. He went down to Texas and he couldn't use certain washrooms because they were only for white people, right? And I remember him talking about this promoter and he said to uh, the police officer who wouldn't let him use the bathroom, uh, he said to him, uh, who, who pays you? Well, the, the, the facility. Yeah, well, I'm the manager now. They took down all the signs and they mixed audiences, which was a total taboo thing, especially in, in the south of the U.S. And so that was great rock and roll music, breaking down taboos, and which was the, uh, totally. And then we started getting bands, uh, you know, of uh, mixed uh, race bands. And like you have the Jimi Hendrix experience, Sly and the Family Stone in this era. Yeah, the stuff that was taboo, basically, right? Like that's so Scorpio that uh, before the artists didn't mix and they stayed separate and you didn't have them on the same stage. And uh, the sexual aspect, the more um, forthright, you know, in your face, not in your face as a performance in the Leo way, but that, yeah, this is what's really going on and you're going to look at it. Yeah, that thing that you think is so bad, you're going to look at it through our music. And then Neptune Sagittarius, I think that is hip hop. That's what came about during, as soon as Neptune steps into Sagittarius, we have the very beginning of hip hop. Well, what's actually interesting, Sagittarius also rules religion. So in pop music, there was a lot of Jesus bands. Two big musicals came out during that period. uh, One being Jesus Christ Superstar and the other one being Godspell. And, uh, but then, Sagittarius is also global. So what we saw during that period, too, was Bob Marley. Bob Marley went to Africa. When he was in Africa, that's where all these African musicians started coming up. And you started getting a lot of music that kind of started carrying out from that era, like King Sonny Adade. And, and artists like him uh, started coming out and playing their this world beat music, which was wow. fantastic. Yeah. So then we move forward and we get Neptune in Capricorn. That is the 90s. Neptune in Capricorn is the 90s, right? That is boy bands, isn't it? What would you say? Or is that grunge? Well, That's grunge, actually. Yeah. Grunge was a rebellion to the boy bands. Yeah. So what- was um, Capricorn? What do you think of Capricorn? I think of when you hear Capricorn. What do you think of like as structural? Oh, I think of the boss. I think of tradition. I think of yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness! Well, yes, corporations got yes, yeah. There's no free DJs anymore. Uh, one of my favorite stations here in Toronto used to be a station called CFNY. Mm-hmm. So back in the 70s, it was absolute chaos. A DJ, One DJ on there was dropping acid and doing these shows, 
He'd invite bands in. There was total chaos. The music that they were playing was like all over the place. There was swearing. Um, and uh, it was just chaos. And, and you got a mix of music. There's whatever the DJ felt like playing, they would put it on. It introduced all these punk and new wave bands and, uh, you know, early rap music like Grandmaster Flash was being played all on the same station. And then the corporate radio started taking over. And music started being funneled through a playlist. And it was funny listening to commercial radio because I always listened to uh, uh, here in Toronto, CIUT, University of Toronto Radio, and then at the time, CKLN, uh, Ryerson Radio, uh, which is, I guess they call it Metropolitan Toronto University now. Uh, but they used to have a radio station that was totally out there and the DJs were free to play anything. And I'd listen to the commercial stations and the DJ will say, oh, right, we're going to take requests. And someone requests a song. And it's, of course, it was in their playlist. They were going to be playing that anyway. <laughs> right? So they just got people to request what was ever on the playlist. right? Wow. And you know, the, uh, corporate radio stations only play this many songs. If you ever listen to a corporate radio station, you'll hear the same song being played day within a day, maybe three or four times. Yes. Whereas, CFNY, when it was starting off, it was very, you would hear maybe the same song every two or three days. Uh, campus stations like CIUT, you won't hear the same song for like maybe a month. Wow. Yeah. Being more creative with it. But it, it's so interesting. You're so right. I remember how it became about the gatekeepers, right? Like it was like these few big corporations are going to control what music gets played. And back then it really was radio that controlled, you know, what was happening with music sales and so on. You really had to get your song on the radio if you were going to get any kind of play. This is like before the Internet kind of took over the world. But then Neptune goes into Aquarius and the Internet, MySpace yeah, yeah, you get MySpace, right? MySpace, Napster. Yes, oh my God, Napster. Yes, it's like, we don't care. We're going to do what we want. Your your rules don't matter. Your copyright doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. It's freedom, total freedom, wow. chaotic freedom at times. Yeah. And, but it also, there was a period here, this is where we started to get in and break into the... Um, to before the Piscean age of having that rebellious thing where then we can all start blending our tastes, you know, mm -hmm. people, freedom of expression, um, you know, sites that allowed uh, independent bands to promote their stuff. There's also, it's a very big period of independent music where you saw independent artists launching their own record labels and you saw more record labels starting to break away from the corporate Wow. Isn't that so true? Franco, I love learning from you. I love just how brilliant you are. I love hanging out with you and I've missed it so much. You guys, once again, Franco is coming back to Synchronicity University and he's going to be teaching on Charles Manson and music and so much more. So it's going to be a very entertaining class and you'll learn a lot as well as you get to explore how people become who they are, how they live their charts in different ways and so much more. And for a very limited time, you can choose your tuition rate as low as just $5 a class, an unheard of rate. 
for this caliber of astrologer. You know, speaking of Aquarius, I am an Aquarius, and I really love that my school has become a place where astrology is for the masses. It is totally accessible. Um, and this sense that anybody can take astrology classes and you decide when and you decide how much you pay. Uh, that's a very Aquarian thing too. So I'm really glad I'm a part of that also. Franco, I love you. I think you're amazing. I love hanging out with you. And so are you. You're awesome. We love each other. Thank you again, Franco. And thank you everybody out there for watching. Until we connect again, take care. Bye.